Hey guys, and gals, I guess. Uh, this is Backcountry Period Podcast, and we're back. I'm Cody. I'm Mingo. Wow, you oh. with your wow. stage name. I'm embracing it. I'm embracing it here. <laughs> One big urn. I'm Mr. America. Oh, shit. Well, now and you're cute. listening to the Backcountry Period Podcast! <laughs> so, the new I, thing oh, yeah. is we, we share a memorable hunt from a listener, follower on Instagram, Go Wild, whatever. You know, um, this week we actually got a bunch, so I had to like kind of decide which one to share. And this one comes from Hunter on Instagram. He just okay. wants to that, go ahead. Like go his ahead. name, his name is ironically his, okay. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he was, he was melt, meant yeah. for this life. So he's a deer hunter by heart. Over the last couple of years, I've really taken a chase in big, big, bigger deer. Unfortunately, chasing big deer means doing it on my own. We all know that, like you, you can't really go with someone when you chase big deer. I mean, it's you got to watch two people then instead of just yourself. Um, I don't hunt deer near as much with my dad anymore. He just has a different style than me. So I plan to take trips that we're going to talk about yearly now with him. And he wants to add that his dad is mostly a deer hunter. That's it, like deer, bear, turkey. So. He goes, most memorable hunt to date happened just last winter. I wanted to get my dad something for Christmas that was hunting related, but the man buys whatever gear he wants or needs, so I had to do something for him. Instead of buying something for him, I have been waterfowl hunting for three years now, and I've fallen in love with it. I never hunted birds growing up. My dad was a deer hunter, and that was it. Over the last few years, he has become more into hunting other things like bears and turkeys. So for Christmas, I decided I would take him on his first waterfowl hunt. I knew that if we got into birds, he would be hooked. The Chesapeake Bay was the best choice close to us. I organized it with my best friend and one of my dad's friends for the four of us to go down. It was only a few hours worth of hunting till we limited out, but it was a trip that I'll never forget. My dad loved it and actually wants to do some more this year. He wants to add this too. Hunting, to me, has always been more about memories and stories than the hunt itself. I love the chase more than the kill, and I love doing it with friends and family, so this hunt was particularly special. And he sent us a picture, which we'll also post that. Literally. By the way, you know how last episode we said um, Travis had a great saying, um, it made my dick move? Yes. yes. So we had to think of a more appropriate thing to say, because... This is a family show. Right, right. It's Well, right. just in case you have your kids in the, in the, in the car. We want to keep our female audience, <laughs> as mentioned earlier yeah. at just, the beginning. Just in case you have the kids in the car and, like, you know, you don't want to hear that all the time, I have two in mind. It made my willy wiggle or it made my junk jiggle. <laughs> I mean, it's it's to each their own, really. I mean, you could I say I feel like you could want. even, like, combine it to, like, like, woo, that's a junk jiggling, willy wiggling tail right there. You know, I feel like you could really... Tail what, was, what was the name of the episode? Tail wagon. We named the episode It Will Move, didn't it? No. Did, well, no. What did we name it? Uh, tips and tactic, Tactics. Tips and Tactics. Yeah. You know, trying to, you know, when people look up things, they also don't usually not Google. phallic in nature whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Hunter, we loved your story. We loved <laughs> we <Yeah>. totally <laughs> your story. We love the story. Getting back to your dad. First of all, I can attest to that because, you know, sometimes it's, more recently, I enjoy going just going out in the woods or fishing more than just catching something. Like, it's just the the thrill of, like, what could happen. Like, you could catch a fucking beefcake or a dick. Well, it's like what he said about, 
about the chase, like, half the fun of fishing is, like, learning water. Like, something I always do, like, you know, I'm bass guys, people mm-hmm. know. And, like, first thing I do, any new body of water, I throw a, a weighted Texas rig Senko, and I'm throwing in all corners, and I'm just sort of feeling out the bottom, figuring out where structure is, rocks, stuff like that, places. That way I know, like, okay, there's a lot of rocks here. Probably don't want to throw things with treble hooks on them because I'm going to get snagged up. I'm going to lose lures all day. Right. Or if I do throw in that area, I got to keep them off the bottom. Right. And like, it's about that learning, that scavenging, stuff like that. I loved going out with you and Ethan the other day when we were setting up like the blinds and like just things I never knew was involved in hunting, like watching you guys clear your your archery lanes, like seeing, okay, yeah. I can get a okay, I can get one here, but that branch is in the way. Clear that branch out. All right, I can get one here. Okay, that tree's in the way, so if we come here, clear that branch. And just like watching you guys like strategically like plan for like where your deer are going to come up to the food plot that's our lanes like that that chase is like that's something that like i just never thought before i didn't realize that that was like something that really went into it and it makes sense because you know a bullet you don't really think so much about like a tiny yeah. little twig being in your way whereas no. an arrow that's a totally different story mm-hmm. and that was that was very cool to watch and like definitely like piqued my interest there and um I liked what he said about, like, with his dad and stuff like that, and that sort of touches on how we end every episode with the whole, you know, keeping your traditions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, just, you know. Time back it's in about. the last like, time, too. Like, we were talking with uh, with Luke, right? And he was talking about how, like, hunting was, like, a big part of his family. Yeah. And then how he refound it for himself. Yeah. And I like how Hunter was talking about, you know, like, his dad probably got him into hunting. Mm-hmm. But now he has what he likes, but he also wants to be able to do stuff with his dad right and that's like keeping that tradition a lot of things in life like a lot of like our pastimes like are like what sort of in like you know oftentimes you see guys that are like you know big car guys well Mm -hmm. you know their dad's got an old 67 you know gt sitting in the ground you know what i mean like it Mm -hmm. it it stems from that tradition pattern you know with little tweaks here and there and that's, yeah. and that's cool to see the way it grows with, you know, modernization and stuff like that. But that's just sort of the fun thing about having, dip, like, what, not even hunting and fishing related necessarily, just any hobby and interest. It's cool to see that, like, you know, the way people get into things is often through family connections. It yeah. was something that someone that they knew was into and it they got them into that. And it's, you know, you pass that down because you want to see those things survive. You know, we... You know, none of us want, you know, 10, 15, 50 years from now to have, you know, hunting and fishing be something no one even does anymore. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it, it crosses your mind, though. Like, it always crosses, like, will yeah. hunting and fishing be yeah, around? Like, like it, it has to be. You know, like, there's no there's no future, I think, without hunting and fishing. Well, I think, too, I think that's important to, that's an important thought to have when it comes to keeping the tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because right, keeping the tradition doesn't have to mean that you're out there in a loincloth, right, with your bow and arrow. <laughs> right? Which I will try this year right. if it is warm enough. Yeah. <laughs> First but they tune in to Instagram for pictures. Like, you can, yeah. you, can, you can go out and, and you can do things a little differently than your parents did it or, oh, yeah. you know, whoever got you into hunting. And it, it can evolve. Like, traditions can evolve. I mean, even just the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. how we do. Like, it's a tradition for us. Yeah, but it's constantly evolving. Oh yeah, and that's how traditions die. If they, if you're just just like hard set into something, yeah, eventually typically. you're 
situation makes it impossible to continue it. And like, I, I think it, I think certain primitive things sort of can't. There, I forget who said it, and it sort of relates, sort of doesn't. It's sort of a morbid thing to think about, but like, okay, we have rabbit trail. Yeah, there's um, forget morbid rabbit. Not really morbid. morbid It's mainly because I'm gonna I'm gonna venture onto a topic of war here, but like, I want to I want to say it was Einstein. (laughs) I think it was Einstein, but don't quote me on that. But there there was. There was a you know a famous quote that was like, "We don't know with what weapons World War Three will be fought, but we know that World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones." It break my bones. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that idea that but World War Three would be so cat like if we ever hit a World War Three, it yeah. would be so catastrophic that we would, res- you know, we would retire back to the Stone Age, mm, and okay. I think that's that idea of just like going back to primitive ways sort of like it I don't think it it's really ever gonna die out like not that like for hunting and fishing to stay alive we need World War three right yeah. but I'm saying <laughs> yeah. like yeah there's <laughs> always going to be human desire to do things for themselves yeah like yes it's is it nice to have certain tasks in our lives automated absolutely yeah not everyone wants to drive a manual vehicle it's nice to be able to just push the gas and go. Yeah. Yep. But, like, there's always going to be someone that loves that, you know, connection to the vehicle, being able to do it all of themselves and stuff like that. And it's the same way with hunting, gathering, fishing, stuff like that. Like, I don't think we're ever going to reach a point where everything we buy is from a grocery store because no one's planting gardens anymore. No, like, it's, it's crazy when you, like, scroll through Instagram, like, the reels and stuff. You see so many hunting, fishing stuff. It's like... I was looking at this, like, young, younger guy, like, holding a fish and, like, do something funny with it. And I was like, will that ever die? Like, will will we not see the next generation do that? I'm making but then, a But then I'm like... To make it happen. But I'm like, as long as you don't force it, I feel like as long as you don't force it on your kid's throat. Like, yeah. You're going to do yeah. this. You're going to be outdoors. You're going to do this. Like, I feel like that can deter kids from... Yeah. And that's where you mess up. Right. Human Human instinct is to survive. There was... Yeah, it's genetic. Yeah, I, I think it's like like if you throw someone into a pool, a baby, and hold them underwater. Okay, they are not going to just submit <laughs> to drowning. They're gonna fight. They're gonna struggle. It's human, <laughs> baby. <laughs> well, no, because you throw babies in the water, they float. And they, yeah, they're sinking. They float. They either right? sink or they float. This is. I would like to make a disclaimer on behalf of we, the legal team here at Backcountry <laughs> Beer Podcast. Please do not throw your small children into the water. But what they and do, hold them they? down, or hold them down into the they water. Don't that is how they teach okay. babies to swim. They just kind of they blow in their face, so they hold their breath, and they throw them into the water. I've seen like three videos of that on, yeah. you know. But like, it's human instinct recently. to survive, and it's human instinct to fight for that. So like, I think no matter what, we're always going to have that desire to do certain things for ourselves, oh, yeah. and yeah. well, that's why they suggest like depression and you know and like mental diseases yeah are like so high is because like we're not we're not meant to be like these uber productive machines no we're supposed to we're hunter gatherers like you go out you get your food yep and then you're done like we are we are still animals like even though we're intelligent and we can life make advances 
for humans in you know first world countries has become so advanced that it's I hate to say boring, but it's un what's the word in something invigorating. Well, that makes sense though. Un- un- uh, unstimulate, instimu- unstimulating, yes. un- unstimulating. Yeah. Like, yeah, that makes it's, sense. It's yeah. so sure. mundane. Yes. Mundane? Like, Ooh, sure. We're just throwing out big words. If you words. want to, to Listen, know we, we're not where that monotonous. Yeah. Like, if you want to know where the grocery store is, what do you do? Hey Siri, where's the nearest grocery store? You know what I mean? Yep. So many tasks that we do every day without realization are so much more automated than they yep. were a hundred years ago. That's a good point too. It like, is like it's... Uh, even just like navigation, right? Uh, like such, I mean, I such had, a basic I, thing. Like, I had to use a map to get here, like from where I was at, buying yeah. my purchase. Like a hundred years ago, if you like hunters, you they had maps. Three hundred years ago, they made maps. Wow! Like you know, yeah. they went out and they drew a a big tree with a knot in it because they they saw that as a landmark and they yeah. were going to recognize it again. And they saw deer tracks in that area. Like that—that yeah. that was the way it was done. They made their own maps. Mm-hmm. I think that's hundred years later, it's now people thing. use yes. those maps to navigate that same area. Now it's yeah. all—it's so and it's great to have it automated because you have the trail cams. You just yeah, click on, on your phone. phone. You have Bone yeah. X. You have yeah. You have uh, hunt, uh, hunt wise. Hunt, hunt you wise. have uh, go. You have oh, what's the other one? Something go something, go hunt. I go think fish. maybe. Go fish, uh, but that like maps like that, like that it's cool yeah. to have a map like that one. Yeah, it's oh, cool. That, but yeah. like, like my wife and I, we want to pu- start putting like thumbtacks every place we go camping. Like yeah. that's mostly what maps are for now. Yeah, like, people use them. I'm not gonna look at that. Be like, okay, we yeah. gotta go down eighty that's here. Perfect. We gotta go. We gotta get in thirty. Well, and that's why, stuff, like, like people are like, why, you know, like why I was so focused on like outer space. Like that's mm-hmm. and that's kind of like a rabbit trail in of itself. <laughs> but it's because like what, what are you gonna what are you gonna explore yeah. on Earth that like the the amount of places that you can go that no human has set yeah. foot before yeah. is like almost non-existent. I do feel as though Ooh. up by Ethan and I's cabin, I feel like there's spots up there that have been touched in probably decades. Decades. Yeah. Like with how much green is up there? I wonder. Oh. Like there, there has to be spots. Like up there. have you got, have you guys ever heard the saying that like we know more about space and things outside the Earth than the we ocean. do about our oceans? Oh, yeah. yeah, the ocean is big. Like only what, like less than ten percent have been actually explored. Like that's just crazy. Yeah. I want to fish the other ninety percent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Doesn't make it happen. But like, like that's one of those things deep. that like how deep? Let's drop a line in. I think. I think there's all like I said. I think there's always going to be a desire for exploration and like, like there you know look at like all the people that have like YouTube channels or Instagram stuff that like their their sole like interest and dedication is like like bushcraft stuff. Like oh guys yeah. Guys just go out and they like yep. make their own tools out of wood yep. or antlers. Like Dude, they, there's always people that have it amazes me. It amazes me what they can do because yeah. I'm like I couldn't I. I could do that right now. Like, I'm sure if I learned how to do that stuff, I could do it. Mm-hmm. But right now, if you would say, hey, make this for me, I'd be like, there's what? a true value right down the road. Yeah, hardware store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Just go oh. buy it. Yeah, I don't... It wouldn't shock me if, you know, like, there's a point in our lifetime that, like, there's, like, a, a lull or sort of, like, a plateau. Yeah. 
But I think there's always going to be a desire to, like, go back to the roots, you know? Oh, no Your doubt. Thing, no doubt. I, I mean, that's just instinctive, like, in our blood that... Yeah, it's, it's always going to be there to be out doing something, like, doing it yourself. Like, I always want to build something myself, do it myself, um, it. hunt myself. Like, it's... Hunt fish, like, I... Like, I, I love fishing with you guys. I love hunting with you guys. But sometimes it's like, you know, you got to do it yourself sometimes. It's like, yep. I got to go out there and I got to do this myself because I want to come home and I'll put food on the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it separates the weak from the strong, really. There's also just a, a self-satisfaction that, that comes mm. from doing oh, things yourself. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, humans desire gratification in some manner. Yep. To be mentally sane, even. Like, it's, it's, we desire to be fulfilled in some mm-hmm. manner. And, like, you know, fixing something yourself instead of paying for it or have someone else come do it. Like, there's there's a rewarding yep. feeling in that. I, I 100% agree. I mean, might as well just say it. My wife just bought a camper. Um, and there's things on it that we need to fix. And I'm like, I'm excited to be able to fix those things. Yeah. Same thing with my house. Yeah, like I'm like Patrick just bought a house. Just bought a house. We're probably running around the whole thing like, oh, I can do this here. I got this project here. That's like, it's like yeah, and it's yeah. like for the most part, it's livable. But yeah. like, there are things that like I'm gonna be able to fix. Does it have central air? No. Oh, your window units. Yeah, there's. Uh, I'm thinking I'll probably eventually invest in uh, mini splits. Ge- geothermal or so it's literally on just you can just pull. Patrick, don't tell me what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> You're the fact guy, Patrick. I just, out of the I just like I just want to say like Patrick if you Patrick. hear the crinkling of my combos bag, <laughs> it's because we're not in the actual episode. It's because yet. he's this is the combos. Pre, this is the preamble. <laughs> so, listen, I want to get you ready. We're gonna have a taxidermist on here, ready because we're gonna hit you with a good episode from Stolt Foots Taxidermy. He will be on right now. Cheers. You look like a big arm. No doubt about that. Quads get pretty heavy. Deers. I would still brag if my dough weighed more than your dough. And beers. Very German. <laughs> that's, that's all we get. Pass the Lorelaw. This is the Backcountry PA Podcast. All right, we're back here, folks. Um, we, uh, we're now joined by our guest, Wayne. Um, I won't spoil it too much. Wayne, if you if you don't mind, just introducing yourself, let everyone know who you are, and brief sure. idea of what you do, and we'll get into getting into chatting. Sure. Uh, like you said, my, Wayne, my name's Wayne. Um, I work full-time as a taxidermist. Uh, our business, uh, Stolfus Taxidermy, um, Started, uh, my dad started the business, uh, I would say 30, 40 years ago. Um, I grew up in the business. Uh, I've been in full time now for about 12 years, worked part time ever since I was a, a, a kid. And uh, yeah, it's, it's we have we have uh, four full time guys working in the shop and a couple part time, and uh, we're 
busy as busy as ever it's uh it seems to be a, a good thing to be in uh, people are still out there hunting and and uh yeah i that's where i'm at now so great now um what's uh what's like your spectrum i mean you mentioned hunting specifically do you guys get into fishing and other areas of expertise there or? We, we do some fish we actually started we actually started subbing them out we found uh found a couple really top of the line fish taxidermists and we didn't have time to mess with them anymore so we will take fish there's hardly anything we'll turn away as far as in the in the you know the wildlife uh, if it legally harvested we'll take it in or we'll we'll direct you somewhere if it's something we can't do ourselves um our specialty is is um north american uh, game animals uh white tails bears personally i'm a bird guy uh i do all the turkeys and waterfowl that come into the shop uh, and that pretty much keeps me going full time uh i'm I've, i've specialized in that i've done uh, I've won some awards. I've competed in birds, wow. and and I kind of just found my niche there, I guess. And uh, so, yeah, I don't hardly have time to do do game animals anymore. But my dad and and uh, a cousin, uh, Jason, works. They work at it full time. They're doing the deer, the bear, the coyotes, foxes. Um, you know, we get. Uh, we get a lot of western game elk mule deer antelope alaskan you know moose caribou just got a caribou in the day actually um uh, doll sheep you name it uh, so then with with subbing out fish and stuff like that um makes me wonder like how obviously they're very different creatures you know a mm-hmm. deer and a fish so yeah. like the the process there like how does that differ so much that like when someone specializes in doing deer or birds that you know like fish might not be like what they get into so much right um yeah so like you said yeah each each thing is so different a lot of guys there's a lot of guys can do a really nice deer head but they're terrible at doing birds um and then some guys love doing fish because fishing fish is just about everything paint you know, you yeah. Think, a lot of times, actually, it's a complete reproduction. So it's a whole different ball game. And if if you don't love it, yeah, it's just a hard thing. Because I've do. seen before that guys have even had fish mounts done without even keeping the fish. Oh they yeah, just pictures. Yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah. And and I I say and... those actually the the reproductions are nicer in my opinion because they're pretty much flawless you know they're a, a mold of a, of a fresh fish and yeah and then it's all everything's painted anyway if you were to use a skin mount on a any fish you're gonna lose all your color so it's all got to be painted back in again anyway so yeah so it's almost better to go with the just molded I, and painted and... i would if it, the thing is some people have the sentimental thing of my fish that i caught you know right. yeah it's technically not my fish if you're using a plastic yeah. mold but um you know it's a thought i guess yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly sure so you said you said you started uh as a young kid or whatever so like obviously family business everything yeah. like that yeah what where did you start like was it you know, i mean i assume you didn't start doing everything all at once so how did you no. sort of build your skills and your repertoire and sure um i my, 
I started doing like antler mounts at probably 12 to 14 years old. Um, yeah, it was kind of an easier thing. Dad right. would let me work on them. And then I killed a, a doe when I was 14 years old. That it was my first deer, and, and I mounted that, of course, with the help of my dad, which is a, a huge plus. I would One thing I would say to anyone who's considering taxidermy, um, go be an apprentice. Go, go work for someone. Learn that way. Um, yeah, and, and do, you, do you offer that? Would you, we, would you take on a, a, a we, We've had, we're a little bit careful with that. Right. I mean, I will if, if, if there's an opening there. Right now, we're kind of full. We have a couple young guys that, that are in training right now. Um, so, you know, if, if it, yeah, we would take one in if, there, if, if it was available. Okay. We just have to be careful. Um, taxidermy is a hard business because there's so much to learn. And if you're trying to make a business out of it, you can't just be teaching all yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, there is some really good schools, though, out there. Oh, is there? Yeah, there okay. is. Um, Locally? You know, or? Uh, I think there may be some local uh, schools, but I know of a couple world-class schools out in the Midwest that would, would sure. train. Um, but still, hands-on experience mm-hmm. is, is number one. That seems um, like something you really can't just learn from a book. you got to just Exactly. You can do all the reading you want. Once you get the skin on the table is, is, is when, yeah, for yeah. sure. So, uh, so, yeah, you know, but with the, I mean, you got YouTube, you got, there's all kinds of, of, of information out there it's just a time of, of learning and then hands-on experiences number one but yeah back to how i got started that's how i got started and uh you know i would say our our taxidermy business was was average as far as the quality of the work we did was it was it was it was good for for that day and age i guess you would say uh, taxidermy has come a long way the last 20 years yeah, and that was due to to people sharing knowledge instead mm-hmm. of just being all secretive about yeah. it that kind of and i give a lot of credit to uh, the pennsylvania taxidermist association um and there's other great associations around that kind of have broke that um what would you say that cycle of keeping everything mm-hmm. a secret and why don't yeah. we get together and you know you tell me your secrets and i'll right. tell you mine and we can put them together for and result better product going back to the customer and, yeah. and uh so yeah we we've we started attending the the pennsylvania taxidermist uh, associations convention and they have a competition there every year and i started at 16 years old i mounted a deer um man i thought i had you know entered as an amateur i'm thinking man I got a good deer head here. I'm going to I'm going to tear it up. Yeah. Well, I learned real quick. I got schooled. I took that thing and, you know, they, they 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 tore that thing apart. I'm like, "Geesh." But you know, I left there and I'm like, you know, you take what you learn there and right. they'll you get a one-on-one critique with a, you know, a world-class judge and he'll tell you what you did wrong and and what to do to fix it and with years of that, you know, it, it's what brought us to where we're at now. Um, I, I soon started. Back then, we, my dad didn't have time to, to mess with the birds, so we would sub out all our uh, bird work to, to other taxidermists. And, and I, I, was, I always had a passion for uh, waterfowl. I loved to duck hunt. I used to raise ducks as a kid, and and I just, I was just fascinated by them. So. 
So I, I mounted a duck and took it to a competition. Uh, I think that was like the second year. Did okay as an amateur, but I soon learned, you know, soon saw that I'm mounting birds just as nice as these guys that were wholesaling for us. Um, yeah, and so I started comp competing in that, and, and, and then I got into the turkeys, and, you know, it, that's where I that's where it took off for me once I, you know, and then you have, you know, awards to show for it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I've won, I've won the Pennsylvania turkey, best, best turkey, best to show maybe three or four times. Oh, wow. Um, mm -hmm. I've won a national champion in a turkey once. Wow. Awesome. Um, so are these turkeys that you've harvested yourself or with someone else's turkey? Some of both. Okay. Personally, I usually like to use my bird if right. it, because, what's, you know, if, if it wins a special award, it's kind of neat to have that bird sitting in my showroom, yeah. and, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's also cool to to win an award and then give it to your customer, hey, this is yeah. a state champion showpiece, yeah. you yeah. know. Uh, I've yeah. done that, you know. Okay. So, um the only thing you know I don't like about that is uh, then they may hang it in their house and then the kids get at it and I see it five years down my home mind so um, so I, I like to I like to compete with my own mounts um, yeah but not that it has to be so, so I, I kind of have two questions for you so sure. the first one is the way that you're describing the whole process and everything mm -hmm. would, would you call yourself an artist yeah, yeah. I, taxidermy is an art, um, even though I, I look at, like, an artist who's, you know, draws a, a freehand picture. I, I can't do that. Not 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 like they can, you know. So it, it's a form of art, yeah. Um, well, yeah, but, I mean, dan dancers typically can't paint or painters right. can't always draw perfectly. Yeah, so, exactly. So, yeah, so, yeah it, is, it is a form of art, yeah, okay. for sure. Do you think that most... Taxidermists would kind of share that that opinion with you. Or? I would think so. Yeah, calling yeah. an art form. Yeah, and there again, there's everybody's. You know, when it comes to to painting, um, the painting I do is 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 duck bills is one, and turkey heads is another one. I eat. I don't know how educated you are as far as quality taxidermy versus you know poor quality, but right. if you look at a turkey mount, a lot of turkey mounts, the heads just. I don't know. Are you with me on like yeah, yeah, you look yeah, at them yeah, and they're just like, you were like ah, that they doesn't just look like don't a turkey. Look. Even I though like, like deer heads, like they kind of look funky too. Yeah, like it's they can yeah sure yeah like you see like the older ones mm -hmm. it's kinda like plasticky yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just cheap yeah and it's all in in a lot of times is is um you know for a deer the mold you get. You get a, nowadays. There's no excuse for a poor mount. There's right. not. I mean, it's going to cost more because mm -hmm. you get a proper tan job. There's still guys out there doing what you call a dry preserved skin. They don't even tan the skin. They rub borax on the skin, and okay. that mount is going to five years down the road is going to dry and crack. It's going to crack around the eyes. The ears are going to drum out, and it's it's bad. Okay. Uh, so that's one thing. I think is very important is get a good quality tan on your skin. That's going to yeah. make your mount last a lot longer. And then, you know, using a good hide glue, basic stuff, and then just a knowledge of 
of you know how the ears are supposed to sit. Mm-hmm. They don't sit halfway down on the neck. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the eyes. You know, <laughs> well, you know, like that's a that's a pretty good mount there. Just without looking at it real myself. close. Did, did you myself? actually? No, I didn't. That's 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 a that's a you know standing back here without going up and looking at and yeah. for customer work. That's what it's about, you know. Mm-hmm. Six feet away, don't take a light and shine up in the in the eyes and in yeah. the nose, um, you know, because we're trying to make a living off of it. You yeah. can't spend like the competitions I was talking about. There's where you're spending mm-hmm. hours up in the nose, in the ears, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's crazy because wow. you know, especially on deer, yeah, the competition level is way up here on deer. Everybody is is competing with. So deer. what would like average man hours put into a deer that you're doing for a customer versus a deer that you're doing for a competition like how much more time do you have in that competition that depends um it depends a lot on <laughs> who who's doing the competition personally i've never i've never you know blue ribbon in pro- professional um division is is um I don't even know that I ever got one. I know my dad got a couple already, um, but that's that's an average standard. You, to get into masters is that's when you you get picked apart completely. Right. You might have ten hours in amount like that compared to, you know, if you're if you're a hide that's prepped, ready to go, five six hours. Put oh, it together, okay. so maybe double like that. Yeah, at least. But now, if you get into a masters and you talk to a tax, a, a white tail master taxidermist who's into it to win a world title, say, dude, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> probably a week. Wow. You know, it's crazy, and that's, that's why it, it, that's why it's so hard yeah. in the white tail world to get. To so that you, at that point, you almost can't be doing it. For a business sake, you're doing it for the competition. It's you're not trying to make a living off that thing. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So Um, now, are there? You mentioned that, like, obviously with fish, that you get a plastic mold or mm -hmm. some kind of mold that gets painted and stuff like that. Are there things on like the bird and deer side and stuff like that that you would use like artificial skins or hides or like anything in that? Like, I don't know, are feathers used from the bird itself? Like. How does that work on that side? For for say a bird, um, a duck, I always use an artificial bill. The bill and the head, you know, I mean the feathers are all original, mm-hmm. but the bill, anything, well the feet, I'll use the original feet. Um, now if you get into competition level, some guys will, will, will mold the feet and you right. actually use plastic feet and the bill's always Is that molded. something that you'd like? make some kind of like plaster mold and pour or like, like a, a silicone mold okay yeah uh for for bills that's that's very normal uh for feet that gets a little little more a uh, little more into the you know the webs and everything yeah so i always just i inject my feet with the uh, preservative and then the bills will be plastic um turkeys i use original head actually everything that's exposed would be original okay. uh you know of course the eyes wouldn't be, but uh, uh, some guys will use um, reproduction turkey heads. I think they look kind of plastic, uh, you, mm-hmm. unless you're really you're really good at painting. You, it can be pulled off. Right. It can be done. Um, but deer, uh, usually, pr- 
pretty much everything is original that you would see, um, you know, the nose, uh, maybe inside the nose, maybe a reproduction uh, plastic, like a septum. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, other than that, pretty much everything would be original. Now, okay, open mouth, say, on like a bear or a deer. Okay. Then it's going to be, you know, it's going to be artificial teeth, artificial tongue, all of that stuff is just uh, reproduction yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Now, um, obviously being a craft that really can't be done in any way but as a, a hands-on, mm-hmm. you know, artistic craft, mm-hmm. how, how, how have there been sort of like advancements or like um, modernization in like tools or techniques like is it kind of like one of those things that like it's been done this way for this many years and that's still how we do it or is there are there things that have made your life easier over the years or yeah uh you know that's a good question and and sometimes i think man i just wish you could just figure out how to just have like an assembly line and just (laughs) yeah bang it out yeah it's really hard to do so in a sense there's a lot it's still the same you still you know now there's a lot of things yeah have improved in the uh the like the supply companies have really improved uh, their molds for one um you know uh back in the day yeah that's that would be a new you would see if you look at an old mount you'll see the brisket area and the shoulder just it's not proper Uh, the head's not proper just things out of proportion then you would have to work harder to actually you know put more detail into the into the mold to make it look right um where nowadays it's pretty amazing what you can you can buy just about everything and just make everything fit back together so so those kind of things have helped you know you get your molds um you know improved um yeah, there's, but yeah, the the basic of it is still kind of the same, you know. You yeah. gotta you gotta skin the deer head off. You gotta flesh it down. You gotta clean everything. Um, then, for us, we will salt it and dry it. We don't do our own tanning on on big game. We will uh, small game. We will tan our own. Um, so for a deer skin, it comes in, gets cleaned out. Um, you turn the you know the lips and the ears. Everything gets fleshed down to the and then salted, and we dry it, and then we ship it to a tannery, and they do the tanning. It comes back to us like a wet tan, okay. and uh, then we just freeze it till we're ready to to mount it up. And uh, yeah, so it's still kind of the same as, as yeah. it's always been. I mean, of course, yeah, there is there's things that have helped sure. make it easier, but uh, like everything else. Everything just keeps getting more and more expensive. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like you said, the, the, the advancement has really been kind of the, the sharing of the, the knowledge. Yeah, yeah the, you're, you're exactly right. Collaboration. Yep. Back, yeah. you know, back, back, way back in the day, you know, if a guy knew how to do something, he wasn't going to tell anybody because it was his niche in, yeah. the, in the trade. And It's like and having now, a secret hunting or fishing spot. You know? Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you, well, still, you don't, you, we still don't do that. We still no, don't still quite, do right? He's like, you tell about Potter yeah. County. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I mean, uh, yeah, we've shared, I have some good taxidermy friends and, and, taught me a lot you know and for me it's like 
I'm not out there trying to find more business. I got I got almost more than I can handle the way it is. Right. And it seems everybody does. It's just it's a tough business mm-hmm. to get into that, you know, I can tell someone everything I know, especially someone who's never done taxidermy, and it's pretty unlikely that they're going to actually make a career out of it. Uh, yeah. It seems like one of those things that, like, if you didn't grow up into it, it's not... Like, you don't hear a lot of people graduate in high school saying, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm going to go to taxidermy mm-hmm. school. Because you're not going to get rich overnight. Don't yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, not. It, it, and especially now, I mean, the, the job opportunities out there, someone can, you know, get out of school and, you know, if, if you have, you know, get an office job or, or a construction job, whatever, and you can make a good living right oh, now yeah. if you have a work ethic. Yeah. And taxidermy... It's just challenging, you know, because it takes a long time for people to even to earn their trust, you know. And then, yep. um, you know, you're just not going to go open a shop and, hey, you know, I'm doing taxidermy yeah. and, and you're going to have a year's. Thousands yeah. of people just come in. Yeah. No, it won't yeah, happen. Yeah. You, you need to start as a side job or yeah. go work for someone, you know. Right. That's one of those things that around with he and, shoots a deer and he tells his buddy, hey. Mm-hmm. Wayne here, he, did, yeah. he killed this. He did a great mm-hmm. job on this thing. Yeah. And that word spreads and yeah. spreads, and that's right. You know, it's like you said, your dad's been doing this since you know forty, fifty years ago or whatever, and mm-hmm. you know that's how it seems like that's how business like that yeah. is built. And how did your dad get into it? Uh, it? That's a good question. I was sat in my mind actually just yeah. went there. Um, he was actually um, he grew up on a farm. Um, actually right close to where I lived there and back then there was ringnecks it was a lot of pheasants and uh, he was like 14 years old and um, he shot a nice nice cock bird and he asked his dad um, you know he'd like to get this thing mounted you know he's he's, oh grandpa he said uh, we'll call a taxidermist and see what it costs so he called him and 50 bucks Uh, no we ain't spending 50 dollars that's too much and back then, back then, right, right now, now like, oh, you're <laughs> looking at you're looking at close to five hundred for a yeah. visit. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, and then Dad was like, "Well, there's got to be a way I can figure out how to do this on my own." And that's where it started. He sent for a course in the mail, um, and he just started started actually him and his brother-in-law. They were shooting pigeons, and they would be putting them together. Uh, down in the basement. Guess know. they didn't have YouTube back then. No, so. <laughs> no, none of that. You know, it was all just you know this yeah. mail course you read, and even the instructions that they got back then, I probably wouldn't teach to anybody. You know, it's just yeah. because yeah. it's has come so far right. with their the methods and stuff. But that's how he started, and then mm-hmm. soon you know he put a couple deer together, and then just like you said, he you know a couple of his friends would do a deer, and then soon it's his friends' friends and. Soon he's doing more than really legally he should be doing without a license. And back then you had to take a um, test to get a license. That has changed now. You could go get your get your taxidermy license without any kind of a test now. Yeah. So it's I guess they kind of decided. It's up to the hunter to do his homework. You know. Um, Yeah. That's sort of one of those jobs that like. Word of mouth will yeah. either help yeah, you or hurt you. Yeah, exactly. That's kind so, of where they, de- they decided is, is yeah, you know, you figure it out if mm-hmm. the guy is, is trustworthy and does good enough work. But back then, you had to take a deer, a fish, a bird, uh, I think it was like four animals you had to take and have them judged by 
Some, wow. Someone. And that's who got your license. Yeah. You had to do one of each. Wow. And yeah. They were all. Yeah. And so, so when did that change? Like, do you know what? It, it changed before. I'm going to say it changed probably 20 years ago or so. Okay. Now, is it just the shop that needs to have a license or is it each individual? Well, it's a little, that's a little bit of a gray area. Um, if you're if you're working completely under someone else, then no, you don't need a license. Um, but like me and Dad, we both we both have our license, and we have a couple you know employees that that wouldn't yeah. be licensed. But uh, so yeah, he he went for his license, failed the first time. He was kind of frustrated, was borderline, just like you know what he's gonna give it up because um, he actually had a, a game warden. Um, stopped in because someone probably one of his competitors was jealous and found out and, yep. and it he left him go he didn't make a big deal out of it but he, he said you know he needed to get his license to continue doing right. it so um but yeah then some encouragement from mom and uh he decided to try it again he got his license and he still actually he's 59 years old and he just went full time taxidermy this past March. <laughs> just now, <laughs> yeah, Holy yeah. God. So that tells you a little bit. Um, he he was in at one time as when I was a kid. He was he had a uh, he had a produce market um, that he attended to part time. He didn't do much with that, and he was a part owner in a in a mason uh, company. Um, and then he did the taxidermy evenings and Saturdays. He did that for a long time, and wow. that was kind of. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm either. I did work, you know. I was a, I was worked in construction, up to about 12 years ago. I finally build. I, I seen I'm, I got enough work without, without that. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, he and then he he was in the he got out of the, the mason business years ago, but he was in a produce market with his brother that he would attend to three days a week every other week and then so he was in about 75 percent of the time he was in the shop but he just finally this spring i told him it's time you slow down you don't even have time to go hunting anymore yeah. you know let's you know we had enough of work in the shop so that's what he did i think you probably the youngest taxidermist i've ever met yeah. known <laughs> ever and Brandon, just might be me personally from what I've who I've interacted with and everything, sure. but I've always thought for some reason taxidermy was like a dying, almost a dying art mm-hmm. because I was like it's all old guys, yeah. And I was like I don't know anyone even in their twenties that does this. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I mean, you would see it differently since you are in the business. Right. Do you think right. it is on the decline or is it a, is it healthy? Because I. I hear a lot of people wanting to retire because they're at that age. Yeah, and I was like, well, who's going to replace them? Well, and- that's and that's a little bit where I'm at right now. I, I know some some really good taxidermists, young guys that are you know my age, um, but there is I'm not sure what what's going on. Like this last year was crazy. Like we were so busy, we took in so much stuff, almost more than we could handle, and and I've heard from some of them. That you know their taxidermist is retiring, mm-hmm. so I'm not mm-hmm. sure what's what's That's going what I heard on. From uh, mine. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they were to come to you now. <laughs> there you go. All right, <laughs> so you, you'll okay. be the official. Uh, <laughs> what's that? So you'll be the official podcast taxidermist. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, so 
So I'm not sure. To answer that question, uh, I'm a little bit concerned in a sense, um, but there's things like the Pennsylvania Taxidermist Association. Um, you, you attend those and you see a lot of... That's that's where I've met a lot of the younger people and there's... Mm-hmm. and. The younger guys is really what what drives the industry to to become better. Uh, it's a lot of there's some great old guys. Don't get me wrong, but you know how it is in anything. You get young blood into something. They're the ones that are willing and, to learn yeah. and change if needed. The older oh, yeah. guys sometimes, yeah, yeah. and you know we <laughs> see. I see ways. it. The older I get, the kind of I get into a groove of doing something a certain way. It's a little harder to change yeah. than it was at one time. Yeah. But uh, how do you think? Because like we talked about earlier, it's like if if it's not a family business, it's not something you just get into taxidermy. After. Like, how do you think you can get the a younger generation into taxidermy so it's something that can continue for mm-hmm. the next you know however long next generations? Like, how do you think they can do that? Uh, you know, I feel like that's kind of hard. It, yeah, it to be honest, like like kids, we have a ton of young boys from. I say ten to fifteen that come to us and want a job. Uh, are they're interested in taxidermy? You know, they'll they'll you know, they'll have a school uh, in their in their work. I don't know what class it is, but we get letters. You know, they they, they write out. I guess they're supposed to write to business kind of, mm-hmm. and they'll write. You know, wanting to know about that. You can tell the interest is there, and then once they turn about sixteen, other thing they learn. It's not the they lose interest. Yeah, because so, they can't make the money. Yeah, That's it's why. it's not as yeah. easy. It, it takes a long time. There's to, no to instant learn. gratification. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like you um, said. You can come out of high school and go get a job. You know, you can go to tech school or college yeah. and come mm-hmm. out get a good, healthy, mm-hmm. paying job. And mm-hmm. so yeah, um, as far as what you can do for that, I don't know because you have to have. It takes a special kind of person to do it. You know, you have to have patience. You have to have a passion for what you're doing. Um, because if you're half asleep and don't care about your job, that's not a job. For you. No. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, no. You know, because so, do you have? Do you do European mounts too? We have a guy who does them for okay. us. We don't personally do them. Right. We'll skin them off. You know, take everything off that we need to, and then. We have a guy who has beetles and, and okay. they'll clean them up right. for us. So we so, do a ton of them. I mean, yeah. that's, uh, that's I mean, the that's, in thing right now. Yeah, I, I love your appearance. Yeah. I, I, this is coming from a fishing standpoint, yeah. not knowing anything about hunting. What is a European mount? I don't know what that is. That, that right there. Those, this is pretty much a skull mm-hmm. with, the, okay. with the antlers on it. Yep. That's, that's all it is. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. This one here, I, I just buried in a hole out back. And just yeah. let the bugs eat it. And that's a. Did that's, you bleach that at all? Then nope, you didn't. Yeah. Nope. Is I mean, that I is that a, how a European mount is done? They let bugs eat it. There's the, different ways you can do it, but that's one way. Yeah. Do you let the bugs do the dirty? You said you buried that thing. I buried it, and then I when I dug it up, I like scraped everything off mm-hmm. it, and I took like a toothbrush with bleach, and I mm-hmm. went over top of it, and that looks pretty good for that. Now, if you would take that and go get yourself some. Uh, 30% peroxide, like okay. at a hardware store somewhere, yeah. and get it in a tub and cover that up, up to the, you know, cover the whole skull yeah. and leave it sit in there for 24 to 48 hours. You'd get a really nice really? skull. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you would. 
Huh. Your taxidermy tip of, <laughs> <laughs> tip of the day. Tip of the day. So, so we've talked a lot about um, like a, your specialization. Mm-hmm. Specialization is in birds. And, mm-hmm. um, what about like full mounts? Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys do a lot of those? Or? We do a lot of a lot of bears. Foxes, we got a ton of foxes this year. I don't know what it is. Really? It seems like I've seen a lot out, like even just out driving. Really, I've I seen think, a lot of I foxes. Think, red I think fox part out. of it is right now, fur market is pretty much nothing. Yes. So your big yes. trappers are not out there cleaning up the fox population. Yep. I know in my area, and the guys I know, fox hunting's becoming a really popular sport. Yeah. I don't know if, if you guys find it that way or not. But uh, where I hunt, I see a lot of foxes, yeah. but I never give it. I never tried to shoot yeah. one. Like, I, 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 don't know it I, I have never done much of it. It, it is yeah. a lot of fun if, yeah. if you like to stay up at night and, yeah. and all that stuff. And I have some friends that have really gotten into. But I'm just I'm kind of finding the trappers aren't out catching them, so mm-hmm. fox hunting is people are being successful and and. The guys who are bringing us a fox to mount are not trappers who are catching 200 foxes a year. It's right. someone who might shoot a, a fox a year mm-hmm. because it's it's special to yeah. them. So, so, yeah, this year was crazy with foxes, um, coyotes, quite a few coyotes, uh, bobcats, um, uh, yeah, bears. We do a lot of full mount bears. Uh, with the with the extended bear seasons mm-hmm. the last couple yep. of years, incredible opportunity to harvest oh, yeah. a, a Pennsylvania black yes. bear. Well, um, and if you're going to get a, I have a mount seen of a bear, bear, I would imagine you would want it fully. Well, fully. so let me tell you about my mount. Okay, uh-huh. if if I got a small bear, mm-hmm. my mount would be it would be standing on its hind legs, holding like a like a glass tray, uh-huh. and then uh, like there'd be a uh, a lamp on top of it. Uh-huh. And I can put my beer on there it, too. There you go. So. <laughs> you want to make, make an end table out of yeah, the bear. Table. It'll be sitting right here, right in the corner, right yeah. here. What is, yeah, what is the craziest uh, request I should have ever I knew got. that question is going to come up. And I was, I was thinking on the way up what I'm going to answer to that. And uh, I have a couple. Uh, we actually just, uh, someone brought us three chipmunks. He wants to do Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> and you guys are doing it. We told him we would. <laughs> so are you going to put the actual sweaters on them? He, he said he's going to get his his mom or grandmom to sew the sweaters for him. So. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my! Gosh. That's incredible. Kind of neat. Yeah, but it's a lot of money to yeah. spend on yeah. them. Like I got to ask, like, how much yeah, is that going to run for Alvin and the Chipmunks? I think they're around you get a combo three fifty a piece. You know, oh. so you like a thousand and, bucks. And that, it's actually they should be more than that. Yeah, it's, there's a, it's lot a lot of, of fine detail. detail yeah. But because he said Alvin the Chipmunks, you're like, yo, got you deal. Now, if you said we'll three chipmunks, down to a grand for you. <laughs> so yeah, oh the, to answer the question, uh, what's the weirdest request we had? Um, I did have a really weird one um, several years ago, and that was uh, Grandpa. Grandpa, yeah. I was I was gonna ask if anyone's what? ever asked you to to, te- to a do a be- person. That, that oh yeah. oh I missed that. <laughs> I didn't that I didn't out. catch oh, yeah. that the way you yeah. said. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I answered the phone what? one day and this uh, lady got on was on the phone. She sounded kind of liberal. I guess you would say it was just kind of something just didn't sound right. Yeah. She asked, uh, you know, like 
her grandpa is about to pass, she said. And she was wondering if we would taxidermy him. I didn't know what to, I'm like, man, what what's this? This is just weird, you know. And, and she's like, yeah, she she would like, you know, him. What was I, I think it was sitting on her rocking chair. No. It, it was really oh weird, man. Yeah, I'm, like I'm still not sure today if it was a prank call or not, but I really don't think it was. She sound older? Like there's. Not really, no. Oh, my and, God. Like, but the thing that was weird was like, like he's about to pass. He was still alive. That, yeah. <laughs> that is what makes it weird. Yeah. So, like, would you not? So have a when funeral? he dies, like, because uh, like, hey, it would have Grandpa uh, sitting up there. Everyone's there. Yeah. It's like, like you don't tell anyone he's dead. And just have him <laughs> on the chair. It was weird, man. I, feel I like at that point. I, you... I wish, I wish, I would have had a recording oh, it because yeah. it was like it was like now. I think back, I'm like, what? She, she was asking me all through. kinds of, and then she asked, well, well what is tax or what do you do? Like, I'm like, no, we don't do humans, you know. We, <laughs> what do you do? And and she's like, I said, like, you know, deer, turkeys. Have, have, have you? Ever she's had... like, she's like, oh my god. She said, that's. That's disgusting. Like, but, like, yeah. what I mean, yeah, right. But grandpa was okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, so I'm, I, gross. I left that. Yeah, I was totally freaked oh out. Oh my like, god! I'm not. Like, call it in an early day today. <laughs> <laughs> Go spend some time with my grandpa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lady, you know where the closest psych ward is? Because you need yeah. to check yourself in. Did so that was, you know, oh, completely wow. off the hook, you know. But uh, yeah, do you ever get like requests for? For pets like dogs, we or? do, and and we don't really do pets um, because there's too much of a personal. I was gonna pet. say that right. seems like say, something yeah, that yeah. even one little misdetail exactly. could set someone off. You know, someone looks at their dog in the eye for 10, 15 yeah. years. They know exactly what that dog mm-hmm. looks like. If you shoot a deer, you don't really know what he looks like yeah. out of the eye. So, yeah. if it's not a hundred percent accurate to mm-hmm. the original. It's okay, um, you know. They're not gonna know. I'm not gonna know. But if that dog looks, it's just I don't know. We we With just the deer, never. They want to see you know, amount of similar size and a big rack yep, and this make and the that. Horns and, look big yep. as possible, and, yep. and we're good for yep. most people. So so. Uh, speaking on that with the uh, with a deer, have you ever replicated a deer for someone else? And like, say like their like their dad shot it, mm-hmm. and then they wanted. The dad passed away, and then they wanted a replica for something else or mm-hmm. something, like, something like yeah, that. Yeah, we've done replica antlers uh, okay. several times. Um, I know, you know, I, I've had a, uh, I've done a couple for myself. Um, you know, I shot a, a big buck up in the mountains, and we wanted to hang him in the cabin. And yeah. I also kind of wanted him in my, my room at home, so <laughs> yeah. I did a replica there. Um, so we've done that a couple times for guys. Um, so, yeah. Uh, actually, well, I have. Uh, I have. Go ahead. No, I was, I'm gonna say I. Another one was a buck I hunted in Potter County for for several years, and oh. I was not the lucky guy to be able to harvest him. Um, but he was a giant for up there. He was, you know, he was a monster. I've seen some big ones taken up in Clinton, Pot- yeah. Clinton County and Potter County. Mm-hmm. That's they're around. They're just hard to get. They're so yeah, I, mountain, I, they're I, mountain buck or something. There's so much. I knew of his existence for about five years, and someone did eventually kill him. Um, and actually, the guy 
the year before found his sheds and through social media is where I picked up that someone has his shed. I'm like, I know that buck and I yeah. got in contact with him and he was kind enough to let me replicate the rack. So I now got a mounted buck of the one that got away. Like, like yeah. Now? yeah, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> so that was kind of neat, you know. I was able to replicate it. I gave him yeah. the rack back, you know. Of course, he wanted the, the antlers. Yeah, so you can't them. do that with your ex-girlfriend. <laughs> 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 I don't need to. I'm sorry. <laughs> How? I'm sorry. So obviously at some point in history, the transition of hunting for only food to both food and the sport itself mm-hmm. happened so and you know when it was just for food i'm sure people weren't mounting anything so like how far back does the the art of taxidermy itself go Jeez. i really i really don't have an answer for that other than i know there's some western movies you see you'll see a deer head yeah. hanging in the bar yeah so i guess that goes way probably, back to that's way back in the early american in history yeah. i guess so 20s but i would imagine yeah. they probably just pretty basic uh, yeah those are the ones that if you see a business marketplace the that they're selling yeah, yeah. yeah. I, would, I would think it probably became popular in like the early 19th century or so mid mid to early 19th century yeah you know, spreading out west you yeah. know new frontier coming back and and uh, fur trade and, and all of that was was exploding i'm sure that's yeah. probably around. yeah and it probably existed before then too yeah i mean i don't know that the indian i often wondered you know how much pride an indian took in, yeah. in his big buck because yeah I, i've from what i know they would cut the antlers up and use knife handles and, and yeah you know whatever, yeah probably they, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like they, their pride was different than yeah our pride like hanging about the wall like that's mm-hmm. kind of like our pride mm-hmm. but then them they would use it for like clothing they and put it to good you know, use to good use yeah. everything yeah. Ours just for the look of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> theirs was uh both pride and practicality sense right. too yeah. it was like hey yeah. what can we make out of this yeah. Sure. yeah yeah what's that one animal that you haven't gotten to do that you're like i really wish the customer would bring this animal in that I can taxidermy it. What did you have that would, one? Uh, Do you have a bucket list? That, well, I don't for me as a bird taxidermist, I don't know, are you guys duck hunters at all or no, not really? No. Okay. We've no. talked a lot about okay. about wanting to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I love to duck hunt I love to hunt the different species and I've mounted just about every one except a, a king eider up in Alaska. Maybe you don't even know what that is. I'm I'm okay. not familiar with it. <laughs> Speaking foreign no... language. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a duck that you will only kill in way out in the Bering Sea in Alaska. And okay. It's probably the most expensive uh, duck that you will uh, harvest. Yeah. And it's a hard hunt. Yeah. I've never actually had the opportunity to taxidermy one. Um, but outside of that, just I got just about all of them in the shop already. Um, you know... Uh, as far as big game animals, um, maybe, I, I don't know. I think it would be cool. There's a couple African animals that would be really neat, uh, mm. Cape Buffalo being one. Oh, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't got one in the shop. But, see, that's a whole nother. We do some African. Um, you know, I just talked with a client a couple weeks ago. He's going to send us, I don't know eight pieces or so from over there but um you know we don't promote african uh stuff because we're kind of busy enough with the the uh 
North American game that we have. And right. So if someone goes and spends twenty grand on a Cape Buffalo, yeah, they're gonna re- look for a taxidermist who has proven himself. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, Rightly so. <laughs> I mean, I would have just immediately assumed that as a taxidermy shop, you know, it's kind of like, you know, guys from this town go to the local taxidermist type mm-hmm. thing. So like how far do you have people travel to, you know, come have Stolzfus taxidermy work done? We have the majority of our, our clients are local, um, but we do a couple hours is not uncommon. Uh, we have we have a pretty good customer base coming out of Jersey. Uh, Jersey, mm-hmm. some Maryland, uh, some New York, uh, Pennsylvania, of course. Uh, outside of that, we don't ship much, very little. Um, okay. If we would pursue that, because I know there's taxidermists. I actually do some wholesale work for a tax, a big, huge company out in Michigan, and and they sh- they pick up and deliver their taxidermy work. Across the country, like, wow! Like they're, they're, um, that's what they got. One one guy is what he does. That's full time. He's traveling out. across the country, picking up mounts, dropping off yeah, mounts. Sign me and, up. Yeah. <laughs> it's got it's got to be tough though, yeah. because oh, yeah. I mean, like yeah. you know, the, it's, it's just it's, how fragile yeah. everything yeah. is. Oh and, yeah, you know, they, he had a monster trailer, and and I'm. I did some actually mounted a couple ostriches for him. That was one of the weirdest things I've ever done, and I don't care if can I don't, you hunt. You can hunt ostriches. Yeah, oh yeah. I don't oh care God. if I don't. I don't care if I don't ever mount one of them again. They're just miserable to deal with. Oh sure. And I, I figured out that's why they got me to mount them <laughs> as a wholesale. Job. Well, you're the bird specialist. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, but they didn't give me many of their give other birds. Bird. <laughs> yeah, big bird. All right, God, they're miserable. It was a life-size mount at that, too. Oh. Right? I mean, the thing So, did you... Because you said you uh, you don't use their feet. So Ostrich, use... we used reproduction okay. feet, yeah. Okay. See, and that's the other thing. With stuff coming from Africa, Yeah. It's you just don't know what kind of condition it's going to be in. Just right. Things are just... It's just... It's bad. Yeah, I, can't, <laughs> I was going to say, probably half rotting by the time yeah, it gets... Yeah, well, yeah, they're just... Yeah. And the bugs can get into yeah. them, and hey, you pull it out. It's like, what the what the heck is this? Like, so one of the questions that I that I had that I think kind of relates to your your customer base is, what's the average amount of time from the time that something reaches you to the time that you get it back to the customer finished? Uh, like basically our turnaround time. Yeah. For, um, we're about eight to twelve months, depending on what it is. Um. If it's a turkey, it may be 14 months because turkeys come in at the end of after all the season. Mm-hmm. It's it just for some reason the way things work, they they go they can go a little over a year. Um, like right now, where where we're at right now, we're working on deer that came in in rifle season last year, ducks that came in in December. So mm-hmm. we're at about 10 months or yeah. Yeah, about nine, ten months so right now. So, if you have, like, what is, what is like the um, the preservation method there then? Because obviously, 
an animal sitting around for a year in normal conditions is not going to be so hot when it uh exactly when it's time to use. So what for, it, what do you have to do to keep an animal in a condition that mm-hmm. you can taxidermy mm-hmm. it for a year? And that that depends which what animal you're talking about. But for your general deer, um, they you know when they come in, we will skin them off the head. I kind of went through that process early. Yeah. Get it, clean everything up, salt it. Um, we have a room that all our skins go into. We'll salt them and dry them. They dry, get dried out completely. And then we'll stash them in a bin. And, and you know, several times a year, we'll, we'll, we'll ship a bunch of them to the tannery. They go to the tannery. They come back in like a wet tan. They're, they're tanned, but they're wet. Um, and then... We ID them with like a punch code, keep record of all that. Um, we come back, we figure out whose hide is what's what, and and then we freeze them. Everything just sits in the freezer until. And the tanning process is several months, so it's not like, you know, it's not um, like it's all just sitting out back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. To hit, exactly. Um, for birds, uh, all my birds, I don't tan any of them. Um, they will get skinned out usually fleshed out um and then wrapped in plastic and frozen so something like a deer really you couldn't have a turnaround time in less than a certain frame because you have to have that several months to tan the way we work yeah there's some taxidermists will tan their own skins um and and then then you could do it pretty quick right um but yeah the way we have it you know we can do, we can pay for a rush service and they can have it back in I think six weeks, but that, that's going to cost extra. So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, and, and that was thinking too. I mean, that would that amount of time I feel like would expand like your reach, right? Because like it's different. Like you know, if <laughs> if you have a sub shop, right, mm-hmm. you want to be within twenty minutes of that because because like I, I need that now right whereas right. like you want a high quality mm-hmm. taxidermy animal like you might I'll drive six yeah. hours to take uh, yeah. it to the taxidermist mm-hmm. and then in a year <laughs> I can do that six right. hours again and, and go pick it up it's yeah. not like mm-hmm. you know it's not like oh I have to wait for it. it's gonna be ready tonight I gotta yeah I gotta exactly go yeah, I can yeah. Get it or... you don't have to get a hotel just to <laughs> right. wait just for your so yeah people aren't <laughs> people aren't afraid to drive no. you know it, it seems you know and there again uh the quality is all it's all in the eyes of the beholder yep. some people are just perfectly fine with a deer that you know in my eyes i'm like i wouldn't hang that on my wall you yeah. know and some guys are just so proud of it and you know i, I got it for 250 bucks you know it's yeah. awesome i'm happy okay good for you you know that it's it's in the eyes of the beholder in that you know and then the next guy it's got to be to the t they don't care if they spend a thousand bucks. shows up with a magnifying glass yeah you know so i mean it kind of goes with how uh like last episode we talked about how hunting has really changed to people shaming other people's deer like yeah it's all in the eye of the beholder like Mm -hmm. one person's trophy may not be someone else's right that person doesn't have to bash Mm -hmm. the other person's like that's right I mean, that's pretty much the same thing. Like, if someone likes that taxidermy work, then... It's like if somebody yeah, sees right. all, your, your mount, yeah. right, of the, the one that got away, and mm-hmm. then, right, like, there's a whole story behind yeah. that yeah. 
that the people don't know, you know, yeah. if you just yeah. see a picture yeah. of it or right. see it. Yeah, yeah for me, it's... you didn't shoot the deer yeah. doesn't mean that that mount ain't special to yeah. you because you right. spent five years watching yeah. him, hoping, yeah. waiting. <laughs> yeah, some people are like, why would you do that? You didn't even shoot the deer. Yeah. That's okay. I, I just, he was a cool buck. He was unique yeah. and, and it was a, it cost me a lot of sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's almost, you know, it's sort of the opposite. Instead of the, the hunter winning, the, yeah. the deer won. And it's so you, one, that, that mount gives away. credit yeah. to the deer. Is, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah. you beat me this time. Yeah, yeah. that's right. As, yeah. as a customer, you might have this question too, but as a customer, what steps mm. can we take? This is a listener question, right? Is, is this a listener question? Yeah. This is a listener question. What steps can a customer take after they harvest something mm-hmm. to make sure that whatever they're giving you is in good condition, mm-hmm. that you can work with? Like, how how does it make it easier? How that, can we make it easier for you? That's a good question. It's a really good question, and I wish more people would pay attention to just that. Yeah. Because really the quality of the mount that goes a long ways the field care of your animal before you get it to us and and that all varies in 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 different types of animals okay say for a deer it's amazing to me how many i mean it it happens less and less the more we educate our people but Mm -hmm. um you know how many people will let a deer head sit in the back of their pickup truck for say five days on temps that are getting up to 60 in daytime that's that's bad um so the best thing you can do after you kill the deer and of course the temperature has everything to do with it if you're if you're hunting early season and it's hot it's going up to 80 degrees that deer needs to go in the cooler pretty much immediately you you get that thing cold or frozen as soon as possible if you can't get it to me um it's that simple just and as far as the skinning process, that's another one that, uh, you know, I have a lot of people mess up um, when they're skinning, especially in the brisket area down around underneath there. Mm-hmm. People will cut short there, all that. And that's all stuff you can you can learn it on YouTube, the, diff- the way to cut, to make your cuts. That's... The big one in, in, in deer is, is, is the way they skin the front legs in the brisket area. Um, would you prefer so, someone just bring a deer to you, or would you prefer it be no, skinned or cleaned? or The way we like to see it is, is, is take it to your, if you're doing your own, you can skin it down to the, to the neck and cut it off and just bring the head and the antlers and the, and the skin into us. Um, or take it to a deer processor first because now we don't we don't we're not a butcher shop so we yeah don't, we don't want to deal with the the meat and everything unless say you shoot a a piebald deer and you want to do a life-size mount or a really big buck you want to mount the whole thing then bring it we'll skin the whole thing i'd yeah. rather i'd rather than um skin it ourselves so we don't ruin anything yeah it's just deer. it's yeah. just simply you know make the, the proper cuts right um, even though bears we don't we rarely will skin the whole bear um we will if if, if they so i'd assume in a situation like that that like there's certain ways that you can cut it that mm-hmm. you can hide those seams there is yeah final mount. yeah and and for a deer it's 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 important um especially these newer forms that show more shoulder and they have some of the leg um 
basically you just cut up the back of the leg and you follow that white and brown hairline. It's kind yeah. of you'll, it's very obvious. And, and instead of cutting through the brisket, you stay back and bring it back to a V behind the front legs, and then everything just peels front. And that's okay. the only, only cuts you have to make. Oh, you'd be amazed what some of the stuff that you know they'll oh, come sure. in with them whacked off eight inches behind the ears. I don't want to do a shoulder then, mount, then or I just you, want to do a neck mount. What would you do in that situation? If someone I'll then that. recommend replace a cape. Okay, you know we, you know, if someone brings us a nice deer in. Uh, they only want a European mount, right. and it's a nice mature buck. I'll save the cape. I won't, you know, if it's a big deer, I'll keep the cape. Okay. We actually credit. We'll give credit for a, a cape if it's a you know three and a half year old deer. Okay, and it's nice, in good condition. Um, so we have them on stock at all times because that happens quite often. I'm sure. You know, yeah. And it's like either you're going to get a, a, a neck mount that looks goofy and you're going to pay the same price or maybe even more um or yeah it, just get another cape and the deer is mm-hmm. you know they're yeah they're all different but they're still not that different that you, you can replace a right. deer cape fairly easy um but then going back to field care uh turkeys is a big one uh, mm-hmm. are you guys turkey hunters you we guys? i i went turkey hunting a few times uh-huh. the last couple of years uh-huh. Haven't got one yet. Okay. Still, when still I do, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they're 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 one of my favorites to hunt. I mean, they're just, they're just yeah. My goodness. And, and the, the problem is when guys shoot a turkey, and it goes for pretty much anything. The last thing on their mind is the taxidermist yeah. <laughs> when they're yeah. when they get up to the turkey. And yeah. turkey uh, does does all the flopping and 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 their their feathers are fairly fragile, so. It, the, I've seen some, a lot of guys will step on the head of the turkey. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's short feathers right around the neck. And if you're not careful with the turkey flopping, you'll pull them out. And, and ah, okay. then you're then you're talking repair work. And uh, it just makes my job difficult. Yeah. So, so that, for a turkey, the first thing I'll tell people, and you have to be careful with the spurs because if you've got big spurs, they can tear you up and just get a hold of both them legs get him up off the ground hold him away from your body and let him flop out like the the, the care in a turkey is is a huge difference because i i see all kinds you know they're rolling in the mud they're flopping around and the turk feathers are flying mm-hmm. half their feathers are missing i usually tell them i can repair just about anything, and there again, if worst case scenario, I can find another skin. Yeah. But all of that is going to cost you extra money. Oh, yeah. So, um, the better you take care of that bird, um, and once it's you know once once you killed it and you you bring it out of the field, get it cold, put it in a in a garbage bag to to save the feathers. Plastic bags are are good for feathers or anything. Um, you know they, they won't get beat up rather than having them just laying and throwing your gear on top of them. Yeah. Uh, and get them cold. Either get them in the freezer or refrigerator. And, no matter how how long they're between the time they get it to when they get to you, just automatically just. Yeah, you know, in turkeys cold. usually it's warm that time of the year, yeah. so it's yep. a little um, it's a little tricky there. Uh, you know, a few hours is okay right. but it's just it, sooner the better just okay. it, it's uh, end result is better um if you can get them cold yeah uh, or get them to to me you know um and then for for like fish 
the best thing. Um, don't put them in, uh, wrap them in newspaper or paper towels because that would just stick to the fish. Plastic bag. Okay. Plastic bag is all you need. Now, let's say, like, you know, personally, you know, if I catch, you know, I'm I'm a bass guy. That's what Mm -hmm. I like to fish for. Like, Mm -hmm. if I catch a double-digit bass, Mm -hmm. that's, like, I'm waiting to mount something till I catch double digits. That's kind of my goal. Mm -hmm. So, in my mind, if I catch a double-digit bass... I ain't looking to kill the thing. I'd li- I want to release it. I want it to grow. I want it to mm-hmm. spawn. I want it to, you know, sure. yep. keep stuff like that. So, like, what angles, what pictures, what measurements, like, what are what are the things that, like, a taxidermist would need as far as, like, documentation goes to replicate something like yeah. that? Yeah, and that that's the neat part about bass fishing. I wish sometimes we could do that as hunters, you know. Just, yeah. Shoot them and let them yep. go, but don't yeah. work that way. Yeah. Uh, let me patch up quick. Yeah, <laughs> get get the first aid kit out. Yeah, but no, it, it's pretty simple. Um, it, I guess it depends on how detailed you want to be with with the yeah. accuracy of the of the replica. Um, but length and girth and weight is those are three best ones. They can you give me just the length. We can get you a 20-inch bass. You know, if you say you caught a 20-inch bass, mm-hmm. I can get you a 20-inch replica. And it'll look good. Um, now, if you're saying, if you're specific on, on how fat he was, then you need to get a, a, a or even a weight. Just length and weight, they, they can get them pretty accurate that okay. way. Mm-hmm. And then as far as, uh, if you if you want him to look, as far as his colors, exactly the same, a couple good, a good, couple good shots of the yeah of the, the fish and um they can do some pretty amazing work with, oh yeah with that so um yeah wow now have you ever personally done fish or i actually never did a fish okay i i just i had no interest i i like fishing i'm not a huge fisherman but i enjoy fishing uh but i was just like i don't have no desire i got enough of other work to do i'm yeah. just like and dad did the fish up to actually just last year i finally i said you know i said we got enough other stuff and i felt like our quality of the fish was so so it could mm-hmm. be better and like why don't we focus on things we like to do because i know right. he didn't really like to do them he's just yeah. kind of doing them because you yeah. know he hated to say no to the and to i imagine guys, something so. you're passionate about you're going to put more exactly effort you, in. that's yeah. that's that's what i always say if if, if you love what you're doing you're going to do so much better yes. than if you're just doing it because so, earlier today <laughs> oh yeah yeah earlier today cody and i were sort of joking about you know i was telling him that you know I don't really see a point in getting a fish mounted until it's something, you know, mm-hmm. really worth mounting. <laughs> yeah, and okay. we, we were sort of joking around, like, have you ever, like, had a situation where you're like, why would someone mount that? Like, like you ever seen someone, like, show up with, like, a little tiny bluegill and oh, get it mounted? Yeah. Like, yeah, that, I mean... I, I don't say that, you know. I'm sure, saying, yeah. Hey, you know, that's, you that's, a, that's an awesome fish or an <laughs> yeah, awesome yeah. You know, but, yeah, there's, I mean, there's times. I mean, shoot, we've done trout that were, you know, uh, a stocked trout that's 12 inches long. I'm like, why would you mount that, yeah. right? But a lot of times it's a kid's first fish or right, something yeah. like, hey, that's yeah. great, you know. I, <laughs> the same way with a, a spike buck, you yeah. know. You know I've, I think we mounted 
for one family this year, I think we mounted two, two or three button bucks, like literally shoulder mounted them. You know. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, you know, so I can see a European mount maybe for like no, a button yeah, buck, but, but it was a daughter, it was a mother and her daughter, and it, it was a special, you know, yeah. occasion. Yeah. I was like, hey, that sure, makes sense. you want to spend the time, money on it? Yeah, I, you know, I have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, it's all the pay for it. Yeah. Uh, but no, so yeah, there's often times that are like, you know, I, I probably wouldn't. And and there's times I will, um, in, I'll be honest with someone. I'm not going to try and talk someone into, especially like uh, waterfowl, you get into that a lot. Birds were shot in early season, like say a goose. Mm-hmm. You shoot a goose in the, in a September season, I may even turn it away because of all the, the pin feathers. Oh, okay. Undeveloped feathers. And when you go to skin them things out, them feathers, they're not developed fully. So they're turning on you. They're falling out. The end result is lousy. Then I'll usually say, look, I can do it for you. Yeah. But I'd much rather have you wait until January, shoot a nice late season goose or duck. And I can do a much nicer job for the same money. Um, right. And you'll save us all some headaches. <laughs> yeah. And usually people will take my advice unless, say, it's a first goose or something mm-hmm. special like that. Yeah. Um, you know, turkeys, same deal. Some guy will shoot a, a Jake for the first turkey. And they want a full mount. Well, yeah. I can do it, but Jake's are just not as pretty as as. A, and if you're, you know, a lot of people say they want to mount one turkey. You yeah. Know, not everyone has room to hang five life-size turkeys in <laughs> I usually say, you know, Jake, just, they're not as nice. Their feathers are yeah. not as mature. Um, if you hope to kill another turkey, why don't you wait until you get a nice one? But some people will, t- you know, will do that. And some are like, no, they want to mount this. Hey, fine. I don't mind. Yeah, it's just, I mean, a, yeah. just an opinion. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, so you, you kind of answered it. So the tips for keeping uh, hide in good shape until they get to your mm-hmm. shop, you answered that one. Um, so what are the what are the main tips there? Because these are listener questions. Now. Sure. Mm-hmm. So what were the three the main tips there for that one? The main ones are, are get it cold. Okay. Dry and cold. Okay. Don't um, if you if you um, if you want wet wet and warm is your enemy. Like you're. you're that that breeds bacteria. You get, yeah. uh, you know, so many people. They'll have blood in their in their hide, and they'll wash it off, and then they'll throw it in a bag. Well, if you need to wash it all, that's okay, but let it air dry. Get get it get it dried out. Unless you, I mean, if you can put it in a freezer, mm-hmm. that's okay. It'll be all right. right. But something's going to spoil a lot quicker. If you have a wet skin and a dry one at the same temperature, the wet one's going to spoil way before the dry one. Okay. It's just the, the, the bacteria. Now, if it does get bloody, is that something that's not a big deal to clean, or is that something that can stain real bad? And then uh, you're... It can usually be cleaned. Um, dried blood in, in feathers or in, in hair is always much harder to get out, like if the blood actually dries out completely. Right. Um, now, if there's a little bit of wet blood, I... You wrap that up in a plastic bag, you'll be okay. It'll be fine. Uh, the wet thing that I'm talking about is like soaking wet. Yeah. Like, like ice. Another one that the mistake that guys will make is they'll hang their deer upside down and they'll put a bag of ice in it. That's a mistake because, and they'll leave it hang because the water 
of that ice. It, the condensation. Of it, it's 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 the the as the ice melts, the water runs down between the skin and the and I, I don't know if you've ever seen that. And the face just like blew up. Do you ever ever see that? Mm-hmm. The water gets down between this in the skin, like between the skin and the meat, and it just it makes a mess out of a hide. I, I don't know exactly how it works. The same thing as far as if you wash a deer out. Yeah. I would prefer to hang them head head up. Okay. Uh, you know, tail down, butt down, um, and wash it out. Same way with the ice. It's just something, somehow that water runs up into the neck and, and it gets in between the skin and the, and the, and the meat, I guess. And it will, it, you'll see it. The face gets all fat and puffy and that will spoil a hide really quick as well because um, of the, the moisture that's in there. And also when we go to skin it out and flesh it out, there's just water and blood everywhere. It just makes a mess. Yeah. <laughs> so those are a couple things that okay. um, don't hang your deer upside down and put a bag of ice in it or wash it out and hang it head up. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, keep it cold, you know, warm, warm weather is always a challenge. I know Maryland season opens next week. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the, the Chester County or the, the special yeah, regulations uh, opens probably the 5D, following Five D, five C and two B. It's like the seventeenth or something yeah, they like that. Yeah, I they open say. Up. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 So you, those are always challenging uh weeks, you know. We like once it gets colder mm-hmm. you can relax a whole lot better. Yeah. Um and velvet, if you sh- if you're lucky and shoot a deer in velvet, you got to treat it the same way. Um, it is a skin. It is um, there's blood in there, so it needs to stay cold until you get it to us. Then we uh, have like a we preserve it, inject it, um, and keep it preserved. If you want to save the velvet, anyways. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I would yeah. want to. That's for yeah. sure. If I got a velvet yeah. buck, I'd be like, uh, I need to keep this nice. Uh, yeah. Um, so has there ever been a piece that you did for a customer that you were like, man, I'd really love to keep this in the shop in like the Uh, studio type. Yeah. Let me think here that they would have actually left us keep it. Yeah. Like if you like, or you could have replicated it. Okay. Yeah. As far as replicating antlers, you would be able to do that. I've never right. really bothered with that. It's, we shoot enough of our own deer that yeah. kind of, you know, if I don't have a story or a connection with it, then it's kind of pointless keeping okay. it. I mean, unless it's say it was a world record or right. something like that, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, but we do, as far as, we have a moose, a life-size moose in our, in our shop now that um, is supposedly going into a museum in the future uh it's been there for about five years now and it's one of them that the the client paid for them out Mm -hmm. and he's like you mind hanging on to like yeah sure that's fine we had the room for it and it it gets more attention than anything in the in the (laughs) shop you know so i'm sure um special occasions will will do that um if someone wants you know shoots an animal they don't have room to put it in um, you know, wonder if, but it has to be a pretty special yeah. type of mount, or otherwise we get way too many of them. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, well, I can imagine. I mean, a moose. I don't even know where to put that in the house. 
Right. It wouldn't fit in this I'll room, say, that's I'll for think sure. You put a moose in your house. <laughs> I think you just put it in the backyard. Yeah. You just yeah. have Remy go and sniff there, it all the time. It's it. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, how big they re- You don't realize how tall they stand. Oh, you stand next to a mount like that, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's got some That was something I had a crazy realization with that I knew moose were big, but I, I saw a video pop up on, like, YouTube or Instagram or something one time, and it's this, it's, I think it was in Anchorage, Alaska, yeah. and this moose is, like, walking down the median of this highway, mm-hmm. and, like, the underside of his belly stood over top of like some like Ford Explorer, you know, truck yeah. that like rolled past. And I'm thinking like, all right, well that that car probably six like, you know, six foot high, which means like his belly doesn't start till more than six right. foot off the ground. So yeah. you had the body and the antler. I mean Yeah. Like you put a moose up against an elephant, I'm betting on the moose, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> huge. Yeah, their legs are so long, they just they stand so they tall. tower, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Pretty impressive animals. For sure. Okay, so this one here, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Uh-huh. Have you ever ruined a piece and not been able to give it to a customer, or what was the outcome? Like, if you ruined a piece, like, early on. That's a, that's a good question. Um, there's times we've... We try and do what we can to, right. to just... Yeah, make it work. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I can't say we've ever ruined something to the point beyond repair or okay. replacement. Um, yeah, you know, obviously a deer cape, you would be able to replace a deer cape. Right. We've done things like mounted. Um, the hard one is if you mount the position wrong. Say they ask for a, a left turn, and okay, and you mounted it on a right turn form. We've had that happen already where, you know, of course, you're on that ball. You, you do screw up once yeah, in a while. Yeah. We're humans, you know. You're, yep. It's just the way it is. Um, it's happened very rarely. Usually, we can work it out with the customer, you know, how to, most times. Uh, that's fine. I have another spot for mm-hmm. it. Uh, there, I, I do remember one. We, we mounted the bear. To this day, I don't know if... if who messed up either we wrote it wrong or or he told us wrong right. but he wasn't real happy you know the, he thought the bear he had vision the bear being turned to the left and we had it to the right but we worked it out yeah probably never got the guy back again but you know what are you gonna do yeah you, you do the, it's one thing it's really hard to do is to remount something with the original oh, skin sure. and everything uh it, it could be done yeah. If if the skin's fresh enough. Okay. Um birds probably not. Yeah. But like say for a turkey, if I would have to, I would just go find another turkey skin. Yeah. Skin, you know? yeah. But yeah, that you know, that's a it's a hard question, you know, because I of course I'd like to sit here and say, No, we've never <laughs> yeah. we never do yeah. that, but you know, as humans we all Make, make mistakes. Yep. Everyone makes as mistakes. Hard as it is to admit it oh, when yeah. we do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but so, we do take we take a lot of pride in, in doing the best that we can right. and we try and, and keep that standard. Yeah. You know, that's part yeah. of the business, you know. But so if you had to offer one piece of piece of advice or wait, before we even get that, what was your most memorable hunt? 
Oh, my most memorable hunt. Man, I got a pile of them. How late? How long do we have? Well, <laughs> I'm set till 11:30. Probably the last one. <laughs> the last hunt. Oh yeah. What was that? No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. I I have I've hunted uh, uh, quite a few. Um, let me think. One of the most memorable ones was probably the biggest buck I've killed, and I know it's it, the biggest isn't always, um, you know. It's not always the size, but this right. one here was kind of like the other one of hunting a deer down in the eastern shore in Maryland for uh, a couple of years, and and I uh, I managed to shoot him in late September with my bow. So that was one of the one of the yeah. sweetest. Um, and I, I, it's hard for me to they're just pick out. Really. Yeah, there's there's yeah. a lot uh, a lot uh, a lot of good memories, I guess, attached to it. You know. Yeah. Man, I don't know. That that's a hard question for me. How big was he? The one in he was he Maryland. scored grossed one sixty three. Okay, um, and right. he was one that the year before, I watched him grow on churl camera all summer, and I'm thinking, you know, the rut. You know, we're gonna get him in a rut. Yeah. September, I didn't hunt much. First of October, he vanished. I mean, he was on my camera like he vanished the first of October. Never seen nothing. No pictures. I hadn't seen him on hoof any time. It was all just truck cameras. Yeah. All season long, I just wondered what happened to Samson. That was well, that's that's native. And <laughs> he had really long brows. He had like nine-inch brow tines. So he, yeah. he was a perfect 10-point that year. All year, winter, I just figured, you know, we hunt right next to the highway. You know, we got neighbors that we don't know. I just figured, you know, or diseases kill them down there quite a bit. And the next summer, about June, was it late June, he showed back up on trail camera, uh, right in the same, exact same spot, and I I couldn't believe my eyes, but I knew it was him right away. He was a nine point that year, and he had incredible long brows, and I'm like, I'm going to have to hunt him early, because <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's not living there after the early season. Right. And, uh, so yeah, I, you know, season opens there early September, I saw him... I think it was the first evening of the season. I, I laid eyes on him for the first time ever, and he didn't come close enough. And then a couple weeks later, actually another hunt about a week later, I, I was set up. It was a perfect evening, just a perfect evening in my stand. Everything was like tonight's the night. Yeah. And I always do a test draw on my bow. When I get in my stand, that's just one thing I do. I do a test draw, make sure everything's just right. I did that and my string come off my cam. I, I still don't know what happened. Oh. I was like, boom! I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> I Here I am in my tree stand. You know, it was still fairly early. I had a few hundred yards back to the to the camp. Um, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I, I don't have no bow press along. Yeah. He's falling asleep on this story. No, I'm, I'm not saying a fishing story. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I went back, got my... Uh, a ratchet strap, ratchet my both yeah. uh, limbs together. Got the string back on, shot it a couple times. Quick booked it back my stand. I'm climbing up the ladder now. Of course, it's getting late. And yeah. my, my It was one of them strap-on ladders, and I, it did a little creak, and I heard a deer busting out behind me, and I looked, and here comes this giant buck hauling butt. Oh, my way. gosh. I'm not sure if it was him. Yeah. There was a couple really good ones there that year. 
I don't think it was, but anyway, it was just like, you're kidding me. I, oh, I was sick. But anyway, uh, the following week, then it was, I think, 24th of September, I I went back down, and, and uh, he come he come out just yeah. in the dark, and, and I got him. I thought I blew the shot. It was right at last light, and it, all of a sudden, right there he was. I mean, I had seen him earlier down in the marsh, and I didn't realize he's coming out to me and last light it's just very last light and there he was it happened so quick you know how it goes like yep. it's like everything is just your total instincts kick in and yeah and uh, i seen i hit him and i was he took two leaps and you know i had a lighted knock and i seen the lighted knock drop to the ground when i seen the air sticking was sticking way up above i thought i hit him shoulder shot him i was right. sick but here i did i actually managed to get through the shoulder blade i had the blade still to to prove it there's a there's a, a slice through the blade oh, and got shit. it i only penetrated about eight inches but i got both longs top of both longs and hit wow it far. So, <laughs> that was a celebration well, that yeah, was a good yeah. one yeah especially uh, if you've been after for a while yeah then finally get yeah him. you, you said think you, 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 you got him he was a nine point he was he was for some reason he he uh he was only a nine Okay. It was definitely the same deer. He had to. He was. I think we figured about a six and a half year old deer. So. Oh, maybe he was on decline then. Maybe some. Yeah, some. I I think score wise he scored about the same. I, yeah. I don't know. You know okay. It's, it, yeah. Yeah. It was close. Yeah. But. So if you could offer a piece of advice to a new hunter, or a hunter that's thinking about getting out of hunting, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Um. Just go hunting. <laughs> I, I, for me, you know, I. That's what I love to do. Is yeah. my passion hunting? Is um, you know, I'm not into sports much. I yeah. played uh, ice hockey. I played softball. Just over the years, just kind of like you know what? I don't really care about that. I love to. I love to go hunting. So that's what I do. Like if I'm gonna go spend money on a hobby or spend time on a hobby, it's gonna be hunting. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of ways to to do that. Yeah, and if if you if you love it, you 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 find time to do what you want to do. You know, mm-hmm. you hear the excuse all the time. I don't have time. You know, right. I'd like to go hunting, but I don't have time. Or yeah, I'd like to go fishing, but I don't have time. Well, then you're telling me it's probably not that important to you because we find time to do what matters to yep. um, yep. you know and I, I get it you know yeah we don't always do things as much as we as we would like to do yeah. but um, it really comes down to the fact of you find time to do what you do what you like to do right um, what's important to you yep. um, so, what you love yeah you know so yeah if you're thinking of getting into hunting something you think find someone who's willing to take you I think mm-hmm. uh, would yep. be a big I think the big thing is like, don't go out and buy all this expensive gear. Go out with someone who keep it simple. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, even me, I'm I try and stay pretty simple. You know, yeah. because yep. you know, hunting can be a pretty dang expensive. You know, so you get into. I mean, there's no end to the gadgets <laughs> yeah. and scent. Uh, it's an expensive and, uh, addiction. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like uh, like one. You know, I'm sure you probably heard the quote already. Teach a man to. Teach, 
give a man a duck and he'll eat for a day. Teach right. him to duck hunt and he'll go broke and starve to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, True. Uh, it, so yeah, it, it's uh, <laughs> it's one of them things. But it, it really you can keep it simple. Yeah. Um, yep. You, you can, can keep it simple, and I try to keep it simple, even though it. Uh, is, you, you get caught up in, uh, you got cell cams now, you, yeah. you, you know, where yep. you draw the line. Yeah, but exactly. I've found a lot of fulfillment in, in getting young guys out hunting for yeah. me. Um, I'm involved in a ministry, uh, Fathers in the Field. I don't know if you've ever f- okay. if you're familiar with that at all or not, but... Uh, we we get we get kids out a lot. Yeah, kids actually fatherless boys, boys who don't have a dad to show them the way. And, okay, uh, um, that has brought a lot of fulfillment for me oh, I'm because sure. you know after a while it you know hunting can become selfish. I guess you mm-hmm. would say you know if it's always about me and me shooting the biggest buck, well that's might be fun for a while, but right. after a while that doesn't. Uh, so yeah, we've uh, we've got a group of guys who we reach out to to boys and uh, fatherless boys, and it, it's run through the church. Um, okay, and we we get them out hunting and and just we have a, uh, it's really awesome. That's yeah. that's where I have found a lot of fulfillment in, and you know when you see a kid, you know he shoots his first buck or yeah. catches his first fish or that that excitement is is. Yeah, I, I don't know. That that's better than that. that those mm-hmm. are actually some of my best best hunting memories, you know. Yeah, and and I was fortunate enough, um, you know, my dad taught me at at twelve. Yep. Um, he took me hunting, and yeah, not everybody has it that way, and it's it's nope. it's, it's 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 sad, you know. This the country, the condition that we're in right now yeah. is is uh, we're. Uh, we're in trouble, you know. Yeah, and, yes, we are. And we need yeah. men to, to step up and, and make a arm, difference. The you know? Orange Army. Yeah. Right. That's the Orange Army. Just uh Bunch of pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if every if every dad would take the time to take their boy out mm-hmm. and spend time with them oh, yeah. instead of abandoning them for something else, for money or fame. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Um and and hunting is a great tool for that is yeah. to spend that one on one time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Wayne, thank you for coming on the podcast here. Absolutely. How can this they? Great. How can someone get a hold of you if they want to come to your taxidermy shop or anyway, really? You can you can um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and we have a website as well, Stolzfus Taxidermy. Okay. Um, Stolzfus Taxidermy dot com or no? Yeah, I guess that would be the website. Just Google Stolzfus <laughs> Taxidermy, you'll find it. Yeah, um, and you know, you call the 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 number there. Um, if you want to talk to me, Wayne, um, you know, you talk to me or my dad. We're the main guys. I have a sister that works there part time. She pretty much knows everything as well. Um, so yeah, we got a great crew of guys. Um, you know, we. We work hard, uh, and we take a lot of pride in, in what we do. Um, but yeah, you know, I just I just uh, love to see guys get out and yeah. get after it, you know, and yeah. uh, enjoy uh, enjoy. I, I hear a lot of hunting stories, so sometimes yes. actually I'll end up tuning out. You know, I just kind of like you know I've heard this one before. <laughs> I, I try and. <laughs> be interested you know i yeah. want to hear hear yeah. them but you know, after you hear the same story five times over and 
um, you're on the clock. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. So. Well, thank you for coming on. It was awesome talking to you about taxidermy yeah. and learning so much about it that I had no idea about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. This was this was a quick hour, two hours. I don't know. Time flies. <laughs> it was hour and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you having me. I yeah, just kind absolutely. of like I didn't really know what I, was I don't know that any into. of us really knew a whole lot going no. into this. This was. I yeah. feel cool. like I don't want to say I'm an expert now. But I feel <laughs> like it feels like I kind of know a little bit more about. Someone that. asked me to mount a deer head. I think. I <laughs> yeah. So now Patrick yeah, is going to open up his own taxidermy shop. Yeah. Right. Sure. <laughs> Got to go to school first. <laughs> and then, yeah, then. Uh, I'll be doing all the remounts, right? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all the ones he screws up. Yeah. Hey, if I mess up on your tax review, go over yeah. yeah, right. You'll, yeah. Be, you'll be judging mm-hmm. when I finally... Hey, maybe that's a good way to, like, yeah. promote you know Wayne's business you you start promoting this like inexpensive taxidermy shop you goof him up and you're like hey listen I know a guy that can fix it for you You send him over to Wayne Uh, it's actually interesting because you know my dad he kind of he gets upset you know there'll be these these guys who do not so good work and he's like now they're bringing it to us to you know or or they're taking our customers so do you have people that show up saying like hey can you fix this oh yeah yeah it happens and it's kind of frustrating but I usually tell them I said they're actually our best sellers they'll go there one time yeah that or they're you know if they're too cheap to pay for pay the price well then then let them go there we have plenty of work it's usually what i tell them and i I tell them you're there yeah they're they're there it actually helps us because then they appreciate quality work yeah exactly yeah uh, wow we are back for the beer tasting. <laughs> Just Gotta get this going here. Right. Right. We're back. There was a long Patrick, pause. Patrick is tired. <laughs> Listen, Cody tried to end the podcast earlier without the beer tasting. I did, and that was just a no-no. So, for this, who who submitted this one? I have it written down. Hold on. Hold, everyone. Before you bring them up, because I don't want to attack them personally, why were we not allowed... To do Miller High Life because you submitted it. Oh man, I should have just paid somebody to submit it. You should have. You should have, because then you would have it. And the champagne probably, of beers. That would probably be our first ten. So this was submitted by <laughs> Jake Powell. Jake Powell. Jake Powell. Powell. He submitted the good old Natterday. 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 Strawberry I mean, lemonade. It's honestly a. a I kind of just want to, like, can we just shotgun this and then, like... Rate it? <laughs> yeah. And it just, can we just chug it? You just want to chug just, it? I mean... Uh, well, we got to we gotta sip. We gotta First tr- sip. We got to treat it like every other beer. Sip it, then taste. chug it. Yeah. No sip, sip, take a dip. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So are we doing a double... We could do a, do a 50-50 rating. So um, what like it tastes like just and a chug, sip and then a chug, and then a chug rating. We could try it yeah. and split it. Yeah, there's some extra mathematics going on here. Yeah, yeah. Josh, I'm supposed to be the tired one, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> no rubbing the eyes there. That was good. That was. I'm getting better. I'm pretty sure everybody got the old college crack off. The old college crack, which you have is mandatory. Is mandatory for an Saturday. For yes, yes. if you don't get a, if you don't get a college crack off on an Saturday. 
Why are we calling it a crack off? That sounds weird. (laughs) (laughs) College crack off. Sorry, that was very loud. I apologize for everyone's ears. There's no hyphen, Josh. That was real up there. We're looking at this. It's just all terrible. Hey, Ethan, you want to show the Natter Day to the camera? Since, uh... Yeah, up, just in case nobody up knows what a Natter Day looks like. It has backlighting now, so... Be- yeah. Yeah. We can see People it. can now clearly Ooh. see the back of my head. Look at it, Natter. Natural light. Natter Day. I'm, like, inside the squares on the camera. That doesn't show up. No, YouTube. people aren't going to They're not going to see the... T- <laughs> like, there's a square here. There's my face here. That's, the yeah, that's... The camera's that's... trying to find my face, too. It's trying to autofocus on my face instead of the Natter Day. Okay. So, it did so. It's probably in frame. I we guess we should... Uh, we all know what Natter Day tastes like, but we should, I guess, take a sip. This is the first time we've ever drank Cheers this. Cheers to the beer taste. Wait, so we're taking a sip and then... Cheers. What? And then dying? We're Is taking a sip. Yes. We're doing a double rating. So, we're, we're trying it. Sip. We'll rate it, and then after that, we're gonna give it like a good good chug. Okay, so obviously I'll just I'll just go right off the tap here, um, <laughs> like that. I think I'll think I'll never not laugh at that. Uh, um, so obviously, it is one of the better, quote unquote, cider beers. I think I've I will ever have. Because this one's really good. I, I love Natterdays. But I can only drink a select few of these now. Ever since my palate has grown. Um, so sophisticated. It has. Well, their palate has, has grown. Over has. the past two years. It sounds it has. So sophisticated. I mean, I'm drinking Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. Um, there you go. But then all the has. IPAs and everything like that, it's just... It really, it's just a generic, like, summer beer that you could drink on the beach. Really? Like, would I want to drink this at my cabin anymore? No. I don't think I want to drink it at my cabin anymore. Really? Would I drink it again? Yes, of course I'll drink it next summer. Yeah, so you're like but I'm not drinking any more this year. It's a weird time to it's a like, weird pull time. out the, yes. the They didn't have many left, either. They had, like, five, it's twelve like, packs. We needed this, like, back in June. Yeah. If you would have gave us this back in June, June you got a high rating. Very high rating. But you waited too long, You waited Powell. too long. Yeah. Yeah, pal. (laughs) (laughs) So, without further ado, I will rate this one sip. Everybody knows the rules. Right. Famous, not so famous, beer tasting. Right. But I'll explain it to a... Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) He left. Um, If it's above a five, you drink it again. Right. If it's not, you wouldn't. Right. I would rate it a solid 5.2. A 5.2. Wow. wow. That's kind of Just low. because that's, the timing of low. it low. and the fact that my palate has increased to a wider variety of beers. <laughs> Cody's talking like... <laughs> Cody's talking like he's at Since like... He's like at a drug meeting. He's like, everybody, listen... I've changed. Yes, <laughs> my diverse palate for <laughs> that used to be alcoholic me. beverages, <laughs> but I've grown so much. <laughs> I have. I've grown a lot. I guarantee you, if you did a rating on this a year ago, oh, this would have solid nine point nine. This was Cody's favorite beer of all time. Solid nine point nine. That's crazy. It would have been almost. A, yeah, all right, here's the deal. I feel slightly targeted given the uh, the design on the can. Um, <laughs> Mingo approved. Mingo approved. <laughs> and that's that's pretty much the only place this beer wins for me. Um, the Mingos. 
It's got flamingos on the can. That's cool. It's overly sweet for beer. It doesn't taste like beer. I don't think we should call it beer. But it is a beer. We it's cannot, fermented. We so cannot yeah, segregate beer. the beers. If it's it says just, it's a beer, it's a beer. It's a light lager, and bingo. it's got natural flavor. It's like I don't know. It's, bingo. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... It's too sweet for me. I, I can hear. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you if you like beer, yeah. this this is not it's, like I would not give this to, like, my grandpa or like my uncle. Like I would not. Or someone with a how like hey hand me a beer. I wouldn't be like oh here's a Natterday. They'd be like what the shit's this? Yeah. Or maybe I would, and maybe they would be surprised. I'd be like, why'd you give me lemonade? Yeah. See here, it doesn't yeah. taste bad. It's just. No. I it's couldn't not for you. like I couldn't sit there and like drink these back to back and like a, like, like if we if, if Cody if Cody threw a little barbecue and all he had was Natterdays I'd have to space them out like two hours in between just to like you know refresh my there's something about it that makes it like when you have like if you've ever had like just a plain natty light natty ice. Yeah, like or just a, just a natty, just just a natty light. Never not even a natty ice. Just just straight natural light. Oh, it's never. like drinking water. Like the mm-hmm. stuff is so flat. It's it's so bland. It's so generic. Like you could just I gotta stop taking sips. You could just dr- you could just drink and drink and drink those back to back to back. Right. This there's something about. I think it's maybe it's the lemonade. I think maybe it's a little more it's strawberry. I think maybe it's a little more. It seems a little more carbonated to me. Like, yeah, it's it like, is. It makes me want to burp a lot more. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's this like is not a technical term, but like some beers have like a more dense carbonation yeah. than others, right? Like, this just feels like really dense. Yeah. But this is this is your keep, keep <laughs> talking. I, I'll have my time. What What do you think, Josh? What What are you gonna What are you gonna rate it? I don't absolutely hate it. But I would not enjoy having to drink them over and over again. So we're gonna give it a four point nine. A four? Not enough to drink again. But he will be forced to drink. But again. he will probably. If it's, there. It's, it's the only option. Right. If you were the last beer on earth, I guess I'd have to. Suck. I can't wait to rate one like a point one. I don't know if we'll ever. Oh, I'm gonna. Find Maybe it. if we find that beer that Travis was talking about, where it just says. Beer, all that on the can. That's we got the best one we're gonna have. We gotta find that. We gotta find that. It's gonna be the best one. Scour the scour the world for that beer. So four point nine. Okay, four point nine. Come on, bigger. What do you got? What you got for us? Five point nine. Wow. Drink it again. Couldn't drink a lot. Yeah. I already know I like it. I think it. it fills you up, too. Like, lager fills you up one way, but this fills you up the carbonated way. The density. Like, I feel it in my stomach right now, just because of how carbonated it is. Like, when you drink soda and you want to burp? Yeah. Because it's like that kind like of feeling. Like a Sprite. Feeling. Yes. Sprite like when a burp. I, yep. I mean, just like the difference between yeah. the high life and this. Like very dramatic. Very, very strange. Even the bush. Even for the farmers. Um, such a difference. Okay, so I need to indicate clearly that my my rating is 
is both a little bit of of what I think, but but more so what I think they're trying to do, and do they accomplish that? Right. Um, when this first came, I can remember when this first came out. Oh, I was working at the McClanahan's uh, market down in downtown State College. Yeah. And, um, like, kids would come in every single day. Like, do you have Natterday yet? Like, oh. do you have the Natterday yet? And the one the one day, this, this guy came in, and he, like, came up to the counter. And he was talking to me, and I was like... I was like, I'm surprised you haven't asked me about the Natterday yet. And he's like, oh, I've already tried it. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I work at a beer distributor, and they they let us taste test it. And yeah. he was like, when it comes out, man, he was like, give it a try. And I got it, and honestly, like, the idea of strawberry lemonade and, a, like, a lager together just sounds like a terrible idea. Right, doesn't yeah. it? It just like said, someone was drunk when I made it. Like it would send, like it would just not. They probably were. Um, <laughs> what is it? High off your own supply or yeah. something, something like that. Yeah. Um, but they did what they, uh, I think, what they came to do. And I like much like Josh. Like I could probably drink one or two of these back to back. They also have the the pineapple one. Yes. Yep. Which is very similar. It's like okay. Like, I've seen pineapple beers before. Mm-hmm. Not sure this is going to work with the kind of lager that, uh, the light lager that uh, Nanny Light does. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's let's see it. Um, and they did that. I think it's also, it's it's a good point that it is it is a lager and not a pilsner. Yeah. I would almost, I would have to look it up, and I just don't feel like doing that right now. But I would almost say that a regular Natty Light is more of a pilsner than... Yeah. A lager. I I can honestly say I never had just a plain, plain Jane. Jane. It is the most boring looking can, mm-hmm. and it it's just like imagine this and but like light too. blue and super cheap. It's like broke college kids yeah. beer. They would actually like the kids. They would they would buy it to the kids. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, you get paid. It's like ten bucks a case if you take some money. No, just kidding. <laughs> but um, no. So so I would say I'm the one that's like, oh man, like let's make the beer tasting quick, and I'm giving the longest rating. <laughs> um, we, we expect but that. But I, I mean, I would give it. I would probably give it like a seven point five. Like, really? Like wow. I I would drink it again. Um, most of that above. Five rating would come from, like I appreciate like what they managed right. managed to do with the beer rather than like oh I love it right you know like a middle of the road like like good job like yep. you you got a a C, what would that be like a C plus you got a gold star on the board. like a C C C plus right I don't know about gold star I don't know if we're in gold star silver I just star. feel like if you're gonna use flamingos on a can it's gotta be a better tasting beer well I feel like I've never given like a good beer review I feel like all the beers we've done all since your I've reviews started, yeah I mean the, your your the, palate the hasn't beers. been refined yet <laughs> if you look if you look no, you, no but think about it since I've been here. Stacy's mom was the day I came here, and since then it's been like Natty Light, Miller High Life. Like you guys have get, Georgia Peach. Actually, that was decent. Um, that was a good one like this, but it was very of. mild. They're just so, like, yeah. no, actually, and that's a good point. I want to see 
I feel like they've been very like just kind of so like this run was of the a, mill beers. Well, this was a I, hazy wheat beer. Now, yeah. if I think if Natty Light tried to take peach and do something like this with peach, it, it might turn out okay. It might be pretty good, yeah. If you're listening, representatives from Natty Light, I think Sharp I know peach. you do your work for free, but or pumpkin. Ooh, pumpkin. What? Pumpkin. <laughs> Wait a second, Cody. <laughs> Hit stop. It's no We're, We're, done. Done. We're done. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. <laughs> Remember to hear that. Like uh, a pumpkin spice beer. Now that's what we got. We got to find for October. We got to find that. Oh, I've already found a few. You've already found. Really? I already found, found a few. But once we have to get through this this list, I was too. hoping you would have went more of the apple cider route. But okay, really, we might only Cody, have like one. Whichever day that is that you're going to do the pumpkin beer, I'm I'm busy. Okay, Josh. <laughs> Josh never had the uh, the the Pabst, uh tea. The Pabst oh, hard tea. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. We you remember that coffee like one too. PBR hard tea. Yeah, yeah. I want I want that. I want. <laughs> I want that. It was actually really good. Good. There yeah. was a big that debate. was a, that was like right when I started. Yeah. There was yes. a big debate <laughs> as to like, whether it was a beer or not. Right. Like if this oh. is considered a beer or not. I mean, I, I, it's a it's a beer, but it's more of a, in my mind, it's more of a seltzer. It just seems more carbonated. Yeah. It's seltzery. Yeah. Than anything. Don't get me wrong. I love Natterdays. Oh, yeah. Like I will gladly drink them anytime in June, July. But yep. after that, it's like, eh, it's kind of done. strictly a summer beer. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you wouldn't be drinking this in the middle of winter. No. Just to, like, no. It's a nope. summer beer. That's nope. it. So, this, uh, we come away with this at the end. It is, it does pass. Uh, it is a 5.88. I did round up from eight seven five. But so still, yards is winning right now. Yards is winning. Uh, yards, yeah, yards. Washington, Washington Porter, uh, not by much. It's uh, six point oh two. Yeah, but it is. What's next week's? In fact, winning. Are we next recording week? next week? Uh, next week is yes, this is September eleventh. Yeah, I will not be here for that one. Yeah, you will be here for that one. I, I will. It is. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be. Is it just me and Cody? It might be just no Andrew. Andrew Andrew's coming because we're having fly fisher come on. Like, ex- very experienced fly fisher. I was really hoping it's just gonna be you. Who 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 uh, is the coach for the USA team? Ooh. Oh, Ooh. the USA. That's big stuff. I'm. And does Andrew know the guy? Missing that, yeah. but that's very cool. Yep, that'll be a fun episode. Yes, it will. Because I tune in nothing. next week, guys, when we have the national. Coach America USA Merca fly fishing team show up. TBN to be named. So he doesn't have a name yet. Patches O'Hulan. How was so this episode? Like, sorry, do you guys feel like you learned some stuff? Or? Oh, dude, I feel oh, that was I learned so, so much. much. Yes. Wayne yeah. Wayne was a was a wealth of knowledge. When he first walked in, he yeah. felt like a little shy. I wasn't really sure what we're yeah. gonna get yeah. out of him, but he yeah. he opened up right he away. Did. That was a yeah. lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, really mm-hmm. nice guy. Yeah, really I highly recommend him. doing. If, if anyone wants to, Dolce taxidermy, yep. folks. We should we should take a bunch of pictures of like his brochure. Yeah, and put that. Uh, we'll include yeah, a link yep. to the website yep. and everything. Yeah, yep. they have an Instagram. He said yep. Facebook. I will tag that on there. Yeah, we'll have all. He'll be sending me pictures to for the cover art. So okay, cool. Oh, be nice. cool. Yeah, that'll be great. So now, actually, I can say it. Yeah. Remember to keep hunting, keep fishing, and always keep, keep your, your tradition. tradition.